I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friends Burke and Rivka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Burke? Well, I think you need a little bit of a puppy update today. Oh, yes, please. So, Daphne has figured out how to open doors that have, instead of a knob, kind of the handle, which all of ours do. So, if they push inward um, and you want to keep her out, you have to lock them. Um, And I am sitting in a room that has that handle on it, and I did not lock the door, and Daphne has come up to hang out with me. (laughs) Oh. Are we going to hear some some dog noises? Uh, Maybe, but so far, she's just quietly just hanging out right next to me and giving me the occasional little kiss and uh, yeah, being a wonderful little puppy. I love it. Uh, We had somebody message us this week who said they loved when our cat, my cat gets involved in the Mm -hmm. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So thank you for that message. And um, yeah, hopefully we hear a bark or two or something so that I don't feel like I'm the only one with animals running around in the background. Um, Burke, do you have any invitation updates that you want to give us? I have nothing new to report. Okay. Unfortunately. Great. No, that's okay. And we know you're always striving, so that's fine. <laughs> the struggle um, is real and constant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I didn't Rivka say once that the struggle means, oh man, I can't quote Rivka. Something about... <laughs> what? It was brilliant. Whatever what it was, say? it was brilliant. I'm sure it was. Now I want to know. positive and uplifting, but insightful and clever comment here, Burke. <laughs> yeah. So, Rivka, how are you today? I'm good. good. I'm good. Do yes. Have, <laughs> do you have any invitation updates for us? Um, I um, <laughs> I don't have any good stories. I didn't either. I know. That's what I feel like I should be. But I continue to increase and enjoy the increase of mindfulness in my daily out and about discussions and conversations with people, um, having bringing gospel aspects of it into it, you know, mentioning church or, or, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't have any really good stories. I was at a book club the other night and everyone there is a member of the church, but we were discussing a book that was secular and, and, uh, there was a, a portion of it where the principles that were being discussed in the book were true gospel principles. And so I kind of introduced that into the discussion and it's just, so I was thinking of it. It's not, that's not really something I would not have done before, but I just thought this is one of those moments, you know, where the gospel is, is just a part of my everyday life. And I'm getting better at, I don't know, acknowledging that even to myself, because I think as I do it, then I, it just becomes more natural. I love it. There it does go. normal and natural ways. Normal Fantastic. And natural ways. And last time, I think you said that one of the benefits was um, sort of an, an increased, oh man, I can't, I just can't quote anything Rivka said. It was, 
something that was beneficial to you and your friends about being more focused on the gospel. So maybe you weren't spreading the gospel. So anyways, this sounds like it fits into that where <laughs> yeah. it just... It's the same kind of thing where it's it's these little, almost like micro opportunities to bear right. testimony of the gospel in a really natural conversational way. And anytime we bear testimony of the gospel, our testimony of that seeing increases the spirit has a chance to testify to our hearts. So it's like this way of scattering lots of opportunities for the spirit to testify to you all throughout your week. How wonderful. Love it. That's perfect. Fantastic. Well, um, I will give you a couple updates from my end. So uh, finally, after complaining for months about cold, rainy weather that was just atrocious, um, (laughs) now we have spring, we have flowers, we have buds coming out on trees, which means I would like to claw my eyes out every second of the day today. Um, So that is my primary allergy manifestation. I do get a little congested as well, but it's, it's, man, my eyes get so itchy. And um, I have not dug out my antihistamine eye drops yet, so that was going to be my suggestion. <laughs> yep, yep, I've got them. I just I hadn't dug them out yet because it really hadn't hit that hard yet. It was just very mild before today, and today maybe because I was outside for so long, it just hit me. So, <clears throat> but invitation wise, um, working on prayer and and pride, and so I'm combining those things by praying like. President Iring, my ultimate uh, humble prayer example. Um, so I'm just praying for miracles, praying for the Lord's will to be manifest, and 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 telling the Lord repeatedly, I'm willing to do whatever He asks. So that's what I'm working on. Um, the irreverent part get... of my brain thought you were going to say that you were only saying the best prayers. Now that you were focusing <laughs> on prayers and pride. So, <laughs> oh man, I missed an opportunity there, didn't I? That was, that would have been a good one. Uh, well, um, Aaliyah got to stay with her companion for another transfer. So, transfers were last week and she, or whenever they were. And, you know, there's a weird time thing that goes on on missions where you only talk to somebody on Monday. But anyway. Still loves her companion. They are definitely BFFs and um, just loving being together. So she's really happy about that. And um, I will try. I need to remember when we talk to her, I think we'll probably get to talk to her tomorrow, which is Mother's Day, or if not, at least the following day. And I will ask her what what attribute she's working on. I'll try to remember that and bring it bring it to our next podcast. So, so we can update on her invitations. So... I think those are all the updates. Um, so let's move into the talk. And I think we'll start with Burke today. So the talk is he's risen with healing in his wings. We can be more than conquerors. And I'm going to restrain myself uh, talking about the different font sizes there. Uh, you can Good all job. go see that for yourself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, by Elder Patrick Kieran of the Presidency of the 70. Worth listening to this talk for the very, very British accent he has. And uh, what yes. was your fundamental doctrine that you found here, Burke? Well, the doctrine I marked would have actually been a fantastic um, addition to the last talk he gave, which was about refugees. Um, And this one being more about um, emotional suffering and uh, abuse, neglect, bullying, domestic violence. He says, will you ever be rescued? Will you make it through your own survival story? The answer is yes. 
you can survive. You have, in fact, already been rescued. You have already been saved by the one who has suffered the very torment you are suffering and endured the very agony you are enduring. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, it's one of those things that's hard to say to someone else and have them internalize it. But if you work to internalize it yourself, it is amazingly powerful. That is such a good way to phrase it, Burke. Um, I remember a few podcasts ago when we were talking about, um, you were saying, okay, what was the context where you're saying you can't really say that to somebody after they lose a loved one, was it? I think it was Elder Iring's talk, maybe, but it's one of those, you know, oh, because it was talking about the uh, couple that had lost their daughter. Yes. 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 Um, Kurt Elder Kirchen's talk. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how we find comfort in knowing that this is not the end and we'll see them again and those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to say that to someone, you know, you want to be empathetic and supportive and this, that's a hard thing to say to them, but, but if they can internalize it or if each of us can internalize on our own, how powerful that is, that's, that is such a great way to phrase it. I, I love that. Yeah. And for me, the way he the way he phrased it when he said it in the talk, what you just read, Burke, yeah. I don't know why. For some reason, it sounded a little different or it just clicked a different way for me when he said, you have already been saved by the one who has suffered the very torment you are suffering. Yeah. Um, of course, we all know that he descended through all things and... He suffered everything we felt, but the way he phrased it almost put the Savior in that position right now, immediately. And where and that I feel is true. And we've talked about this before. That I've had that feeling that when we suffer, he suffers. Yeah. So Yeah. So that was that was very powerful. That was a the fundamental doctrine I highlighted as well. So I think we we picked out the same thing there. And I, we said it last time, but it's worth saying again, this, this whole talk is just heavy. It is all about abuse and the worst kinds of things that mankind can do to one another. So um, it might be a bit of a heavy day, but there is, there is hope underlying that uh, as the foundation. So Rivka, uh, what was your fundamental doctrine that you pulled out here? Oh, it's kind of split between two things and I don't know, maybe this is, this is what makes the talk for me not a less heavy talk, but makes it the heaviness bearable because I think this is what it's a pattern of life. This is what makes life bearable when it's heavy. So he says, one, you are not defined by the terrible things that have been done to you. You are in glorious truth defined by your eternally existing identity as a son or daughter of God and by your creator's perfect infinite love and invitation to whole and complete healing. And then he says, Jesus specializes in the seemingly impossible. That for me was the doctrine that he was trying to teach here. Jesus specializes in the seemingly impossible. He came here to make the impossible possible the irredeemable, redeemable, to heal the unhealable, to write the unwritable, to promise the unpromisable. And he's really good at it. 
In fact, he's perfect at it. So for me, that is the doctrine, the, the fundamental doctrine of this talk. It's what, for me, that's the answer to the question, how could a loving God allow the horrors that happen in mortality? How could he allow those things to happen to his children if he loves us? And for me, that's the answer. To us, it seems impossible to overcome, but it is not impossible for the Savior. He can overcome it. We can overcome it with him. And that is that is an eternal truth, a powerful eternal truth. Yeah, very powerful. And um, I, I love how he said that. You know, he specializes in the impossible. So, Rivka, I think it's interesting to me that the last talk you you zeroed in on something that was also about identity. Um, yeah, that's true. And what are the connections there between that talk and this talk that really made you think about identity in both cases? One of the one of the most difficult things that I think we wrestle with in mortality when we are struggling, when, when we are um, being treated unfairly, he talks about some stuff when we're falsely accused, when we're, um, you know, when we're, when we're having unfair or abusive or horrible things happen to us, or we're experiencing, you know, extreme loss and guilt, I don't know if it's because Satan goes after this particular thing. So, well, it must be. And so it must be an important thing. But this is the thing that he attacks is like, well, it's because, you know, this is because this is happening because you have done something wrong or there's something wrong with you or you're not valuable enough or you're not enough. And he attacks us in our identity and our and and that if we lose a side of that identity, it weakens in our minds, our value, right? Like what value do I have? I, I clearly don't, I don't know. Oh, like this idea that like, well, I, I, I don't deserve to be helped. Abuse beats you down this way and, and grief beats you down this way where it's like, well, maybe, maybe I deserve to have this happen. Maybe I'm less than I don't, you know, I don't qualify for something. And and I don't know why it is that that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know why that's the thing that that gets attacked the most, but maybe that's why this identity thing keeps coming up. If we can cling to that or hold fast to it, not even just cling, right? If we can hold fast to this nice. identity, it helps it helps us to 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 not lose ourselves in the experiences that we have. And if we can, if we can keep hold of this identity, then we know we can know that we are worthy of the savior's intervention, that he, he will come and help and that we can overcome it because of who we are. Yeah. You know, and because of who he is. Right. Those two things, who we are, who he is, are un... uh, What's the right way to say this? They're untouched or unmoved by our circumstances, right? They're unchanging. And so our worth or our value, our worth, you know, that, that doesn't 
um, change because of what has happened to us and, um, or even because of what we've done. Um, and, and the Savior's arm is always outstretched to us to try to help us to reach our full potential in whatever circumstances we are in and has enabled us to do so through his grace. So Mm -hmm. Burke, do you have any other thoughts on, on that, the power of that identity, understanding that? Just, I know that I've heard in the past, well, the, the one I'm thinking about specifically, um, the, uh, Elizabeth smart, um, story that, yeah. Yeah. She was kidnapped. And one of the things she talked about after getting out of that situation was, and, and she's not the only one I've heard this from, but this feeling of because in the church we teach about um, sexual purity, especially for youth and, and all that, that someone who's been in a situation like that can then feel like like they're worthless now because of what has been done to them. And so I just love that he says, you're not less worthy or less valuable or less loved as a human being because of what someone else has done to you. And I think it's so important for people to remember that. Yeah. And he says that with such clarity and power. Um, You cannot mistake his meaning. Yeah. So. Well, um, even more, even more strongly, he makes it clear. He says, when you've been a victim of cruelty, incest, or any other perversion, you are not the one who needs to repent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Such an important statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had people in my office who came <clears throat> to talk about abuse that occurred to them and s- almost approached it like a confession like it was repentance, but in the end, they just wanted to let someone else know what had happened to them and still feel that that person cared about them. Yeah. Um, and so that confession was almost a trial of like, well, what what are you going to do? How are you going to treat me or see me when I tell you this terrible thing that happened to me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the relief of letting somebody else know what had happened to them and still being valued and cared for uh, is just was just immense and palpable to watch that in their eyes yeah. is is just an incredible experience and to try to direct that feeling up towards the savior uh, you know to let them know that he always feels that way about them um, again Burke to try to to help them internalize that is, is something, um, you know, just a privilege to be involved in, but, but also something that's has incredible power when you, when you see it happen. Yeah. And, and he also, you know, includes other sides of the issue here too. I mean, he even brings up later on, he says for the falsely accused, the unspeakable gravity of these accusations brings its own purgatory, but they too are blessed by the savior's vicarious suffering. And then he says, unrepentant abusers will stand before the Lord to account for their heinous crimes. So it's not like anyone, you know, no one gets away with it. But I don't think that dwelling on the where is the justice is what he, well, I know it's not. That's not what heals our hearts, you know, in that way. So Absolutely. 
Um, and I feel like I can't <clears throat> move on from the identity uh, part of it without um, just at least mentioning Aaliyah. Of course, she has lived a, a pretty um, good life. She's never been abused in any way. And, and um, you know, she's been given lots of advantages. But she has. this also means so much to her. That, that identity as a daughter of God really has been internalized by her. Maybe it's all those young women meetings where they said the theme or, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why, but it really has. So we sort of joke with her that she'll, um, every chance she gets, she teaches a lesson using the Lion King quote about remember who you are. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, like she will, she'll teach that lesson and she'll just be like sobbing, weeping with emotion and then leaves on her mission. Nothing. Dry eyes. Goes to college, yeah. nothing, dry eyes. <laughs> Says goodbye to mom and dad. See you later. <laughs> here's the phrase, remember who you are, and just like breaks down and with overwhelming emotion. Um, but it's it's helped her. So, <clears throat> you know, of course, this talk is very heavy. It's focused on those who've been abused or had some terrible things happen to them. But if you haven't had terrible things happen to you, I mean, I mean, we all go through hard things. Yeah. Uh, but not everyone is is taken advantage of and victimized. It can still be a powerful tool to give you strength and purpose and just a foundation to help you face life's challenges. And and that has been so true for Aaliyah. It just gives her so much to shoot for and to guide her in her life. So that identity piece is a tool for everybody in their lives and a, and a fundamental doctrine. So It also changes the way you pray and i think your willingness to turn to your heavenly father when things you know serious things happen if if you're not robbed of that identity and if you remember that's who you are and that's your relation and connection to your father in heaven at least that's been my experience it makes it more doable to approach him for help when you're feeling whether that feeling is is justified or not when you're feeling unworthy right instead of this far off all powerful being it's it's going to your father with yeah. with with your concerns and problems so well um Let's see, Burke, did you have other parts of this that you wanted to highlight of this talk? Um, no, we've pretty much covered it, actually. So, Yeah, we've sort of been a far-ranging discussion taking off from that yeah. idea of identity. But Rivka, yeah. how about you? Any other quotes here that you wanted to pull out? Yeah, he... He quotes President Nelson. He said, President Nelson issued the following invitation general conference. As you study your scriptures, I encourage you to make a list of all that the Lord has promised he will do for covenant Israel. And then he said, here are just a few of the powerful and comforting promises our family found. Imagine the Lord speaking these words to you, to you who are surviving because they are for you. Fear not. I know your sorrows and I have come to deliver you. I will not leave you. My name is upon you, and my angels have charge over you. I will do wonders among you. Walk with me. Learn of me. I will give you rest. I am in your midst. You are mine. I And I was thinking as I was reading this talk that there 
I mean, I love this talk and it's one that I know I will go back to when I'm having times that I am struggling, but I, I haven't experienced abuse. I am not a refugee. I'm not living in a war torn country. Um, these serious things. So I imagine I just, as I was reading it, I kept feeling like there will be those of God's children around the world who will, for whom this talk and the things that are said in it will be a lifeline. You know, this is, this is a lifeline of things to keep in mind and, and, and remember when you are, when you are in your mortal Gethsemanes. Yeah. They can almost be mantras, right? Yeah. That you could keep with you. The one that, that stands out to you the most or speaks to you the most, you can, um, if you're having a hard time hearing the Lord's voice, then you can just say this to yourself and, and keep that in your mind as you, as you pray for relief. I found this part so moving, Rivka, just, the simplicity and directness with which he speaks and he takes these scriptural promises and puts them in language that just is so straightforward. I know your sorrows and I've come to deliver you. I will not leave you. They're just so moving. And I just want to put in a plug here for the Old Testament. If you click all the footnotes of these, I know Burke, I know Burke. (laughs) Burke and I don't see eye to eye on the Old Testament, I don't think. Um, These tender beautiful, powerful, emotional promises, probably two thirds of them were, he quoted were from the old Testament. So, um, there's all, all of scripture everywhere. If you look for it, if you're looking for it, the Lord has these beautiful tender moments, um, out there for us to see. So, yeah. And I, I just think it's such a good thing because when we pray, we want the answer or the freedom or the saving right away. That's just, that's our human nature. Please, you know, take this burden or stop the suffering or, or the injustice or whatever it is. And for whatever reason, we don't always understand, but God has his reasons for sometimes delaying, delaying the, the release from our suffering. And I think that's what makes these, you know, like you called them mantras. And I think that's, that's such a good way to put it. It's what makes these so valuable is that because if we can continue to remind our hearts and our souls that this is coming eventually and in the Lord's time, and he will be with, he's with us in, in the struggle and in the sorrow. And then he, and he frees us from it eventually. But because there are times when we have to endure these struggles for long, I'm, that's another reason I'm so grateful for this. Um, you know, this list yeah. of things, why it's so touching because it's, it's just helpful for that while we're enduring the, the injustices and enduring the cruelty. He's with us. Yeah. He he's with us through it all. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is very beautiful. Uh, Well, let's move on to some invitations and promised blessings. Um, Burke, did you find any invitations in here? I did, but I did want to read one other thing that I found after I told you I didn't have anything else to say. Oh, (laughs) sure. Please. (laughs) That is where he says, because I love the clarity of this statement. Nothing a wife, 
child, or husband might do or say makes them deserve to be beaten. No one in mm. any country or culture is ever asking for aggression or violence from someone else in authority or by someone who is bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. I like clarity, and uh, that is very clear. Indeed. I'm, I'm going to throw something in about that, Burke, um, that I thought about when I read it. So my grandparents served a mission um, to... Uh, uh, so. I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, certainly not saying every person where they went has this problem, but they went to Samoa and their whole mission there was to help um, change the culture of abuse that occurred in some of the, the, the culture there. So again, not everybody, not all individuals, but you would have even, they said, you know, stake presidents, bishops who would, uh, beat their wives and children because that's what you did for discipline was physical harm. And, and I'm not talking spanking. I'm talking like full on, um, you know, beating. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, it was a big struggle because a lot of what they found was people just felt like, well, you're coming with your culture and we have a different culture. And and there was a struggle to to go between well, this is what the gospel says versus what my Western culture is, you know, is bringing to the table. Um, So, yeah, it it was, man, again, clarity. So I'm sure this happens all over the world and I'm certainly not uh, singling out that culture or those people. Um, There is a very, very strong and beloved uh, Polynesian uh, culture in the Intermountain West. Um, So, I want to be clear to say that, but any culture anywhere that promotes, you know, abuse is, is not acceptable. It doesn't matter where it came from or, or who's engaging in it. So he, he certainly made that clear a hundred percent. So, well, do you have an invitation now for us, Burke? So I'm, he doesn't actually say invite, but I like this phrase where he says with courage, patience, and faithful focus on him before too long, you can come to fully accept this gift. You can let go of your pain and leave it at his feet. Mm. What'd you like about that? Well, I like that he says there's a time element. Um, I think all of us know that there is almost always a timing element. Um, But just the idea of letting go of your pain. um, I think a lot of times we feel like our pain is there and we don't have a choice about it. It just is. It's because of what we experienced and because of what happened. And to some degree, I think we hold on to it. Um, I don't know why, but I think it's a tendency. So I like that he talks about letting it go and leaving it at the feet of the Savior. Yeah, I love that. It reminded me when Rivka was saying, you know, the Savior's there with us and he suffers with us. And we talked about that at the beginning. Um, and, and then he sort of ends by saying, <clears throat> he's there, he's, he's there to comfort you and be with you. But then we, our part requires courage, patience, and faithful focus on him. So, and then we have to accept what he offers. Yeah. So there, there is work on our part that needs to be done. Unfortunately, um, it's not as simple as simply being taken away. It, it's slowly bit by bit sort of is given over to him. And, uh, and then he takes that 
um, on our behalf, but it takes work and it takes time. So, yeah. yeah, he says with courage and with patience and you don't need courage for anything that's easy. So, yep. Yep. Well, Rivka, any promises or invitations that you found here? He quotes the savior saying, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And then he says, you are a survivor. You can heal and you can trust that with the power and grace of Jesus Christ, you will overcome and conquer. I think that is beautiful. I don't know why in this process of becoming, we're sometimes called on to endure really, really difficult things. But I have faith and trust that our Heavenly Father knows what He's doing and that He wants eternally the absolute best for us. And if we can manage to keep our hearts trusting that all these things will be for our good. Um, whether, not that it's necessarily good for us, the, you know, to endure these things, but that through the atoning, uh, the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, it can be made good for us. Um, that, that is how we, we endure. He can take whatever it is that is, that is awful and cruel and horrible and abusive and unjust that we are enduring, and he can make goodness come from that for us. Yeah, what a what a beautiful testimony at the end there, Rivka. Thanks for sharing that, and what a powerful talk. Um, again, a little heavy, but necessary. I think um, we can't avoid talking about thing these things just because they're hard or heavy. And an interesting um, closing uh, piece to this at the very end is says, for more information and resources, see abuse in the life help section at churchjesuschrist.org. And it has a link there. I like how the church included that in the written mm-hmm. um, version of this talk for people who read it and want to reach out for more. There are resources there. Mm-hmm. And just like with Elder Holland's talk, um, I'll just say again, there are people in the church who are out there to help. So if, if anyone is going through this, find your bishop, find one of your other leaders or a friend or ministering brother or sister, somebody, there are people there who will, who will help. So there is hope. Well, uh, the next talk we're going to discuss is called lift up your heart and rejoice. Um, that sounds like a good one after these two. It does. Oh boy. Does it ever. Um, now I have no hope of pronouncing this name correctly. Uh, elder, (laughs) I do Kaitis. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I I don't know what to tell you. Um, That's who gave the talk. So that's going to be our next one. Um, If in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on social media at Words of the Prophets Podcast uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So thanks for joining us today, everyone. And until next time, keep the faith. Hola a todos. This is Edamana Ebert, and here are my thoughts on. He is risen with healing in his wings. We can be more than conquerors by Elder Patrick Kieran. This talk was so good. I can't remember if I already mentioned this um, in my like overall conference insights 
Um, but when I was listening to this talk, we were in a member's home, and there was a young woman in the family who was just, like, in tears throughout this talk. It really, really hit home um, for her and for a lot of people. And so it was so, so good. Um, let's see. Some of my favorite parts um, were the one he talks about conquerors. So he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is so cool. Um, he talks about how Christ gives us the power to overcome and not just survive, but conquer, conquer everything. He says to completely rise above the pain, the misery, the anguish, and see them replaced by peace. That is such a powerful promise that Christ has given us. We can literally conquer anything with him. That is so important. And, and imagine, like, know that there's people who don't know that. And so it's really cool that we, we do know the power that Christ can have in our lives, that he's risen with healing in his wings, and we can be more than conquerors. Uh, he also mentions the promises that um, the Lord has promised for his covenant Israel. Um, and he references a lot of scriptures. And one of my favorites is, I will do wonders among you. And that one is Joshua 3.5. And it says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I love that. I see that every day as a missionary. There are miracles happening big and small, and there's some really, really cool ones where you just know it's not a coincidence. Um, and so God is doing wonders among us right now. And one of those wonders is is our lives, our personal lives, and the way that the plan that he has for us is working out. Um, and so pay attention to the wonders happening in your life. <laughs> um and then one thing he said, this is where he, he gets into, um, I guess, like, abuses, and I think he's talking about the, the victims. So he says, you are not less worthy or less valuable or less loved as a human being or as a daughter or son of God because of what someone else has done to you. And I would add, uh, what you have done. Um not in terms of doing something like this to someone else, but in terms of making mistakes or or a lot of people feel like they're worthless for a lot of different reasons. One of them is because of people doing terrible things to them. But as like he says, you are never less worthy or less valuable. And God always has infinite and perfect love. Um, and the, you know, there's a scripture that says the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. And there's a difference between worth and worthiness. And our worth cannot change. It is defined by our Creator's perfect love. I think he actually says that later in this talk. Um, let me find it. Oh, where is it? Oh yeah, here we go. You are in glorious truth, defined by your eternally existing identity as a son or daughter of God, and by your Creator's perfect, infinite love and invitation to whole and complete healing. So we're not defined, our, our worth is not defined by anything other than our creator's perfect infinite love. So obviously our worth is so much more than we can possibly understand because Heavenly Father's love is so much more than we can understand. Worthiness is different, but um, it, there's a lot of comfort that we can get in knowing that our worth and the value that God places in us is not going to go down because of 
things that we do or things that happen to us. Um, and then he talks about Christ again and how he's descended below all things and knows exactly how we feel. He says, from the depths of his atoning, atoning suffering, the Savior imparts hope to you that you thought was lost forever, strength you believed you could never possess, and healing you couldn't imagine was possible. And even as we grow in our understanding of the atonement, there's always more to learn and there's always more to realize that, you know, there is strength that we didn't even think we could have, even though we've been learning about the atonement and using it and applying it. There's healing we didn't think was possible. There's hope that we thought was lost forever. And that's so um, important, I think, for every church member to know and every peop- everyone who's not a member of the church and doesn't know that the atonement even exists. But I think something that's so, so, so important is the atonement and how we can apply it to our lives. Everyone needs to know how to do that and everyone needs to be doing it because it just gives us, it gives us those things, hope, strength, and healing, um, you know, so that we can become conquerors, more than conquerors. And then at the very end, he ends his talk by saying, Jesus specializes in the seemingly impossible. He came here to make the impossible possible, the irredeemable redeemable, to heal the unhealable, to write the unwritable, to promise the unpromisable. And he's really good at it. In fact, he's perfect at it. And that is so cool. Whatever we think in our lives is impossible or unfair or unjust or ha- makes no sense, that's Christ's specialty. He doesn't work with perfect people. He works with imperfect ones. That's his specialty. And if something terrible is happened in your life because of the actions of someone else or just because life is terrible sometimes, it can all be overcome through Jesus Christ. Um, because he's perfect at overcoming the impossible to overcome. And so, um, yeah, this was a really, really good talk. Definitely going to read it a couple more times, um, get everything out of it that I can, but it was very good. So until next time, guarde la fe. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.